Thanks for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators. Hey, we're starting this series well, here come the dreamers, and uh, I think it's important because as believers, we are designed to be dreamers. We're designed to uh, grab hold of the dreams and the visions that God is grabbing us. In fact, I think it's important that we are people who are dreamers. We're all designed this way. It's an important part of our life, and it's, it's not supposed to be something that just a select few that are obviously God's favorite, you know? We, all, we look at people like that and go, well, of course, they got a vision from God. Look at them. Like, they're special. They're very spiritual. They're this, they're that. They, they know the words to all the songs and when to clap and all those types of things. They, they know, or at least are pretending to know what the Bible says. Like, we, of course, they get dreams, but, but it's not supposed to be something for just a select few who grab hold of a vision that God has given them for their, for their life, for their future, for what God wants to do in and through them. But it's something that is important for all of us to grab hold of because we were designed for God kind of dreams, designed to receive vision, to receive inspiration, to receive revelation directly from heaven. Now, I think some, sometimes we go, no, that is the select few. The rest of us kind of just like humbly roll along in life and hope we end up somewhere in the direction. No, but we were designed to receive from heaven. We just need to, I think we just need to pause and kind of grab hold of that for a second, is I am designed for revelation from heaven. I am designed to have imparted into me something supernatural, something that is beyond what I can conjure up. It's not just a good idea. It's not just like a, a little thing of where I write, da- write down some of my wishes and my whatever it is, but you are designed to grab hold of something that is far greater and far beyond you that comes from heaven. Come on, church, we need to grab hold of this. This is what you are designed to grab hold of for it to lead us, to, for it to, to move us from where we are to, there, to where God wants us to be. We have the ability, this, I think this is fantastic about vision, is we have the ability to live here right now, but also be able to see in faith and because of what God is saying to us through vision, through dream, through His revelation, to live here but see what is coming and in faith move from where we are to where God is taking us. If we don't live in that kind of paradigm, what we are doing is living here and wandering. And hopefully we are wandering in God's direction. And I, I meet a lot of people and feel that this is where most people are at. Is going, I am here, I love Jesus, and boy, I hope I'm going in the right way. But we are designed to not just live here and see what happens, but to live here and be able to see what God is saying to us for the future, see what He has planned for us and what He's got us to be a part of and go, hey, I've put you, why am I here? He's like, well, you are here to be a part of building my kingdom. You are here to see something happen in your family. This is what is going on for you now, but that is what is coming up for you next and what you're doing now, let it lead you that direction. 
We're designed to bring back what God is showing us in the future to affect who we are and how we are right here, right now. It's what we're designed for. But the paradigm we tend to live in is going, I'm sure, like, God's got something out there. It is an absolute secret. He's keeping all the cards close to his chest, and I'm here. And, and really, maybe Christianity is just hopefully we stumble around in the dark, and one day, oh, I found it. This is what God's will is. But that is not the reality. That is not who God is. It's not what he's done. He is the, he's our light. He's a lamp to our feet of going, hey, I'm going to show you out there and then I'm going to help move you from where you are to where I have for you. I think it's important for us to understand this, especially when life feels unstable or perhaps you're in a rut. We've gone through a pretty hectic few years as the rest of the world has. And some people have come out the other side and we are still unstable or it has pushed us well into a rut where we just go, everything is beige, everything is paused, everything is stopped and... This is just life, over and over and over. Especially in those moments, we need to be people who grab hold of something that drags us out of it, that pulls us through whatever it is we're going through. When we get an understanding of the great power that is found in God, the work that is, He's doing in us, come on, get a picture of what He's leading us towards. And I love the story of Joseph for this. He was a dreamer. It got him in trouble. But he was a dreamer. He's probably one of my favorite people of the Old Testament uh, because I look at his life and going, if anyone deserves to have a whinge, it's him. And he chose not to still. And that irritates me. <laughs> but it inspires me. And so let's have a look at this, the, the kind of the beginning stories of, of this guy named Joseph in the Old Testament. It's Genesis 37. And there's a few verses here. It's on the screen or on the Bible app or in your actual Bible if you've got that. It's everywhere. It says this, one night Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. So he was already hated, <laughs> now they hate him more. What a dream. He said, listen to this dream, he said, we were out in a field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. <laughs> Joseph was a teenager at this time. I don't know if you could tell just through this, but his brothers responded, so you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him again all the more. Look at this, because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. See, it wasn't just that Joseph had a dream, it's just that he, he, he bought into his dream so much he was willing to share it. He was like, this is the dream. This is what I'm moving towards to. This is what's coming ahead. He might have been a teenager. That might have been the no brains talking through him. But I think that there was some faith in there of going, here is the dream God's given me. You already hate me, so I may as well just keep sharing it because I believe it. Verse 9, he goes, soon Joseph had another dream and he didn't learn from the first time. And again, he told his brothers about it. Listen, I have had another dream, he said. The sun, moon, and 11 stars bowed low before me. This time, he told the dream to his father, as well as his brothers. But his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that? He asked, will your mother and I and all your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dream could mean. 
Now jump a few verses out in verse 18. It says, when Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they were out working, they saw their youngest brother. He's the youngest of 12 here. So it wasn't like they were all teenagers. These were what we would consider reasonably proper adults. When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they, can, they recognized him in the distance. And as he approached, they made plans to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him, throw him into one of these cisterns. And we can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. <laughs> oh, rough sibling rivalry, huh? But I like in this that as, his brother, as Joseph was walking across, I love this, this, the label that they've given him, is here comes the dreamer. Now, there are a lot of things that I would like to be known for in, in God's eyes. I think the Bible reveals a lot of things that we should have markers on us, labels that we should actually grab a hold of. Now, I, it was one of those, not, not the main one, but definitely one of them up there is I would like to be known, like Joseph here, is here comes the dreamer. You know, here comes someone who, is, who has heard from God, <coughs> who believes so much in what God has said to them that they're willing to frustrate everyone else with the revelation. They was willing to share going, I, like, I am not significant right now, but God has showed me something that is, is worth pursuing, that is worth persisting with, that is worth moving forward with of, I'm not sure, like my situation doesn't really reflect that this is my reality, but you know what? God has showed me something in the future that is affecting my reality. I would love for us, to, for myself even, just to be referred to as going, here's someone who believes in God possibilities more than the problems that he's facing. More than the situation they find himself in. Here comes Doug, he's someone that life can be throwing absolute hell at him, but somehow he sees that there's a different reality up ahead. Come on church, we need to be people that others might see you coming and going, I don't know what it is about them, why are they so confident in such a just awful situation? Why have they got peace in a time where the rest of us would be whinging and complaining and bitter and backstabbing? they just someone who seems to have integrity. Here comes someone who's held on so tightly to what God has showed them, even though it looks like there is no chance of it happening. When the world might be, or other people might be going, let's kill them, let's take them down, let's chop them down at the knees, then see what happens to their dreams. You know, let's mock them and criticize them and excommunicate them and then see what happens to their peace. Then see what happens to their character. Then see what they're willing to compromise on. Then see how, how often they'll turn up when we all think that's funny. See, I come from a family that we were the only ones in the whole side that started to stand up, that encountered Jesus. And grew up in this whole, this conversation at family Christmases where it was like, so are you over this whole God thing yet? Was a normal conversation. And seeing the conversation between parents and family members and for me, and I've still got this happening to me now, I'm just going, so how is church going? <laughs> oh, well, you said it right, good job. <laughs> Thanks for pretending to be interested. And seeing the conversation going, no, still not over the whole Jesus thing yet. <laughs> still, it's like, but look at the situation you're in. Has it worked out? And we're like... We can see what's coming. 
Is the situation right now look like the revelation we have? No. But you know, I'm so sold that I will frustrate you. And I will keep holding on to this and we will keep standing firm in this. Why? Well, because I want to be a dreamer. Not just a blind optimist, but someone who has been given a revelation by the Holy Spirit so strong and so transformative that it's not just wishing one day things will change, but it's something that enters my now, my present, my reality, and all of a sudden things start happening. Things start moving that you go, you know what, it might actually end up that way. And this is what they knew of Joseph, having this reputation that he believed the possibilities of God more than the problems that he was facing. Come on, imagine being people who they have vision so alive inside of them. A person that has expectation that God will intervene. Wouldn't it be nice for your friends to your family members to run into trouble and go, you know what, I should call you. I, need, I don't need to whinge and complain to those people at work because that's not gonna help. I need to find the person who holds tightly onto the things of God. You know, the one that we walk, I'd love to be that person that is just like, oh, you know, I need to talk to, I need to talk to Doug. I need to give them a phone call. I need to go see them. Why? Because they're just, they can see things that aren't and see things change here and now. Oh, not people who are bound by what happened to them, but, but are free with the hope that they have in Jesus Christ. Here come the dreamers. In fact, I think, this title that Joseph picked up is far greater than any other title he probably had at the time. As I said, he was the youngest of 12 brothers, uh, which meant his position in the family was not towards the top, but it was very much towards the bottom. Not like these days where the youngest is the favourite, amen? Yeah? I reckon any youngest here? Yeah, you know what it's like to be despised and hated because you're the best. Amen. But he was on the youngest, and his brothers, now the other thing, Joseph at the time, he was the only real, he was a, a brother from another mother. Well, seven of them, eight, ten of, seven, eight of them had one mother, then a the few of them had another one, but Joseph at this time was the only one, Rachel, which was his father's proper wife, Joseph was the only one from there, so it wasn't that he was just the runt of the litter, but he was also the odd one out. He had different, different kind of family, a different kind of situation, different kind of way of everyone looking at him because of his family. Much later, Rachel had Benjamin, but that was years later. So here, Joseph was holding so tightly onto something else that it changed the way people looked at him. He held so tightly onto a vision that God gave him that, that when he was walking up to his brothers, they didn't say, here is the reject. They didn't say, here is the brat. Here is, oh, here is that mongrel teenager. Here is Rachel's son, the favourite, or whatever it might be. But all of a sudden, in his family's eyes, the fact that he grabbed so tightly onto a vision from God, it changed the way they all looked at him. Is they saw him coming and said, here comes the dreamer. What what an identity shift, because this is really one of the greatest things that a vision from God can do for each one of us, church. It can shift our identity from what others might have labelled us to, to uh, centred around the fact that God has given us something so strong. One of the greatest assets, one of the greatest things that a revelation from Jesus can give is that it could shift your identity. 
it could shift it from one thing to another. I think that's so powerful, that's such a great thing that Joseph held tightly onto it that people started looking at him differently. And I think that one of the desires of God is that when people look at us, they don't just think, here comes the complainer. Here comes cranky old Doug. Here comes, you know, just the, it's one of those days. It's not one of those days if it's every day. But they see someone who has grabbed hold of something that shifted them from, I don't know, maybe complainer to, to hope-filled. You know, the pessimist to the faith-filled. And we get known for that. They see someone who's grabbed hold of the future that God has laid before them, even when it doesn't fit. See, as I said, a greatest, one of the greatest things that a heavenly vision can do is shift your identity. And I think it's one of the schemes of the devil to, to make sure that we identify ourselves and, and other people look at us based off who we are now. And the situation we find ourselves in, what we do or what we have done in the past and the world we live in right now, keep us here. The danger, the danger to the enemy, I believe, is for people that have vision is that they're seeing what could be in God's hands. And so one of your schemes is to make sure that you will never see the opportunity. You will never see the potential. Don't get your eyes off the horizon. Get your eyes off the face of Jesus and look down now. Look at how things are right now. Look, it is terrible. Look, the situation's tough. You're tired. Everything sucks. Everything hurts. Oh, no. Well, look what's going on in the world. Keep you so distracted on the here and now that the scheme is to, to limit you, to contain you, to keep you complacent because the moment your eyes lift up into the possibilities in God, all of a sudden you get dragged out of your situation. Or maybe more, more accurate is that you are grabbing the things that are out there and bringing them into your life now. I can see what God can do. Oh, that changes things now. You know, I believe that God is the God of the miracle, so I'm going to be filled with joy now. Come on, this is the thing that I just reckon really ticks off the enemy when we get this revelation. When we stand in church and go, uh, like, <clears throat> the house of the Lord. We've got joy in the house of the Lord rather than, we've got apathy in the house of the Lord. I've got caffeine deficiency in the house of the Lord. I've got three kids on the way to the house of the Lord. Oh, I had a fight before coming to the house of the Lord. And if the enemy can keep our eyes there. Well, guess what? He's winning in the battle to contain our potential. But it's when we can see going, well, I'm not feeling it here right now, but you know what? I can see where I'm going. I can see what God is doing. I can see that God is worth every effort and bit of passion that I've got. I can believe for things now because I know the future hope that I have in Him. It changes us here and now. Don't be confined and don't be deceived and don't be limited by just focusing on our situation. But come on, let's be known as the dreamers who have our eyes on the things of God. Come on, because God sees us differently. We just went through a month of being made new, yeah? A different identity. How does God see us? He sees us differently. He sees our situations differently, our potential differently. And we need to know that, that He is the giver of dreams that aren't just nice and wishful, but they are powerful and transformative when we grab hold of them. Come on, it changed things for Joseph and it will change things for you when we grab hold of going, God, show me what you're doing in my life. 
Lord, I'm asking to show me a picture of the church that you're building that I'm a part of. Lord, show me a picture of the family that you, you are asking me to build into. Show me a picture of a life that isn't just filled with riches and goodness and glory with me at the center, but Lord, show me what you are building that I'm a part of. That you can be in your situation and go, <laughs> I know that this sucks, but this is not the end of the story. That if it ends right now, well, shame. But I know it's not finished. Because God has showed me what's coming up. See, I have a God-given dream for my family. I have quite a clear picture of what he's leading me towards. And the part that I am to play in seeing the dreams become a reality. You know what that dream has done? It has not just given me hope to sit and wait for it to be accomplished. What that dream has done is changed how I interact with my family today. I'm going, if that's what you're wanting, well, I can do things now. If that is the picture that you want us to move towards, well, <laughs> I'm going to start moving. I'm so glad that I'm not just going, well, I hope this is right, and then one day go, oh, I missed. Oh, bummer. What a mystery. When God was saying, hey, if you ask, I'm willing to show you. I have a clear dream, a God-given dream for, for us as a church, for you. Is what God wants us as a church, as his church, and not just this one on the corner of Human Spring, but I believe for the church, it was pretty clear through the Bible, we've just aligned a dream that he's given with that. Is that we might multiply on every level, that we'd see a multiplication of disciples. Not just being followers of Jesus, but people who make disciples as well. That we see our, our, us multiply our influence with leadership. We see our small groups continue to multiply, not just be places to contain, but places to grow and spread. That we see churches multiplied out of this church. They go, oh, well, that's all lovely and nice. But that is the vision that God gave in his Bible, and that is just language that we've grabbed hold of here for us is that we are disciples who make disciples. In fact, I don't think that there is another type of disciple. Biblically, it's not love God and just like people. It's loving God and loving people and making disciples. That is the only discipleship in the Bible. And I believe that we are to be a church because that's what God has spoken in His Great Commission. It's the dream that He's given us for, for decades, that we would be a church that makes disciples, not, not just for numbers' sake and not just to have nice environments, but so that every person in Toowoomba and across the world might come into a relationship with Jesus. Come on, this city needs Jesus. This world needs Jesus, and it's not going to happen by the professionals on the stage. It's going to happen when we grab hold of going, the dream that God has already given His church. Capital C, global church. Come on, a God dream changes how I interact with life today. But what's your dream? What's the God-given dream that you've grabbed hold of? You know, the one that you might have put on the shelf and it's getting dusty. Time to brush it off, church. Pick it back up. Oh, it took a while. Yes, it might. But it changes how we are today that we might go in the same, in the right direction. I keep saying over and over that I don't want to get before God climbing all the ladders just to realize it was up against the wrong wall. Because, wow, you made it a long way down the road. Like the wrong road, but a long way. No, I want to go in the direction that God has for us. What about... For your life, your God dream, for your part in His world. No, I'm not significant enough. Well, that's a lie that we've been busting all year. 
You are significant. You are necessary. You are unique. You are needed in the kingdom of God. And so that means each one of you have a revelation, a grab, a dream for God to give you. Come on, I want something that keeps me so focused to the point one day I hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. Come on, those are the words that we all live for. Those are the words that we long to hear, that in faith we will. Well done. Not nearly or good enough, but well done. Man, good and faithful servant. See, this isn't just, well, be positive, look on the bright side, get a good dream, hope for the best, wish, cross your fingers. Because I believe that there is a a large difference between just having a sunny disposition and a heaven-given focus. See, you can act like a wiggle and still be misguided. Just because you're overly positive does not mean it's in the direction of God. And just because people are a bit more stern does not mean they are filled with something other than joy. Oh, this difference. I think we're bought into this whole thing of going, if you want to at least pretend to be a Christian, always smile, everything's great, big movements. But come on, I, I would much rather be moving towards the dream God has given us than pretending to be happy. I'd much rather us to see the possibilities God has for us and see actual joy begin to fill us. That confidence in the situation we find ourselves in where you go, I don't want to be here and this sucks, but I have this holy discontent, I have this God-given confidence that we will get through this. I might not be smiling now, but I will be smiling when, when I see the breakthrough. I believe it's coming, I'm not getting distracted. We're moving forward. See, I love the verse you've heard a thousand times in Proverbs 29. Verse 18, it says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Other versions say where where there is no vision, no prophetic vision, people perish. But I like the way that this words it. When people attend to what God is revealing, when, when we get kind of moving, when we're actioning the things that God is showing us, Well, it's then that we're blessed. Not eventually. Yes, it is eventually, but not just then. It's when we start attending to the things God is revealing to us. It's, well, now we start to step into being blessed. That's when we start seeing the blessing of God. See, in any season when we see and hold on to what God is bringing into us, to us, it's, well, that's a moment we're stepping into blessing. But you see your future victory And this is why this verse reveals to us is your future victory is likely awaiting your current obedience. See, just having a vision doesn't just flick on autopilot. I've got got a dream, autopilot. Ah, Here we go, it's just going to happen. The idea with a heavenly vision is, well, that it changes us today. And that our future victory depends on Well, what do we do today? See, the actions and seeds that we sow today will determine the life we have tomorrow. As a church, the actions and the seeds that we sow as a church will determine what church we leave for generations. As parents in the place, the actions and seeds you're sowing now will determine the future of your children. That's why it's important to have a vision, have a dream for them, for you, for your family, for the church, for this city, It's because your actions and your seeds now will determine the outcome. And so I want to know that what I am doing and what I am sowing here today is moving in the direction that God wants me to go in. Because I can sow and act and sow and act and sow and act with all the best intentions, but 
It's not my intention that determines the destination. It is my direction. And I want to be heading in the way that God has for us. Because a revelation, a vision, as I said, it's not, it's not the end, it is the beginning. It doesn't flick on autopilot, it is the beginning. And this is why I think that this is such an important thing for us to grab hold of and get an revela- understanding of, is because it's really hard to get to the end before we've even got to the starting line. And I want to help us and encourage us, come on church, it's time to maybe, maybe it's time for you to move to the starting line, rather than trying to jump to the end. Is move to the start to get a dream so you know where the finish line is. You know where God is aiming you. So getting that revelation is the beginning of, of succeeding in God's direction, in His definition of it. Another verse, Habakkuk 2 verse 2 to 3, it says, Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly, and so that any runner can carry the correct message to others. In other words, be a Joseph, start telling other people. Anyone who knows the vision, stop telling it that you can communicate it clearly. That this vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently. Wait patiently. Don't, get, don't move on and don't get distracted. I know so many people that have got to wait a week and go, all right, change. We'll do something else. Maybe that's the direction. Maybe God's speaking this to me. Maybe we'll go here. No, no, come on. Imagine if Joseph did that. <laughs> He'd be schizophrenic. Well, that's what we would call him, but so many of us do this with God of going, mm, no, it's been a couple of months, maybe I need to change, maybe I'll do this, maybe, no, no, come on, get a word from God and just go, I am in this for the long haul. That is where he's taking me, end of story. Oh, situations don't look like they're lining up, people aren't helping, this doesn't look like it's working, it's okay, it will be accomplished, I'm going to wait patiently in this direction. Not wait like this, but wait moving that way. For surely it will take place. It will not be delayed. So if you were to look at just a single scene of Joseph's life and take that as the whole story, you would say Joseph's, well, he failed. So you'd see him stranded in a pit, betrayed by his brothers. Like, they didn't kill him, I'll give them that. They weren't that bad. But they did put him in a pit and then sell him into slavery, which isn't great. And he was there for a few years. He got out of that, and then the, but the next scene is he was in prison for a few years, forgotten and betrayed by his friends, new friends, again, for years. But then in a later scene, and this is 13 years after being sold, all of a sudden he steps into being a leader of the nation, saving millions with another dream, that God gave him something so clear. All of a sudden, it was, oh, I'm glad that he didn't change, I'm glad that he just stayed focused, I'm glad he didn't pick up an old identity or a new one of going, oh, here comes Joseph, the whinger. Here comes Joseph, he's, he's got bitter in prison. Oh, here's Joseph, you know what? He used to be faithful, but now he's given it all up because it didn't happen on a timeline. No, but Joseph remained the same a few years later. But if we jump from being sold to 24 years later, all of a sudden we see Joseph's original dreams that frustrated his brothers happening with his whole family coming and bowing before him, saving their family, saving their people. Because of his faithfulness to God and the faithfulness to the vision that he held on to, that God had given him. 
over that long, that amount of time, I would complain. I do complain all the time over things that aren't as serious. Anyone else? That's why I look at him going, Joseph, you could get me off the hook here if you just said something negative. (laughs) But he didn't. He didn't compromise. He didn't change who he was. He didn't pick up an old identity or grab hold of a new one. He just held firm into what God had said going, well, it's coming. It's going to come. That's what God said. You go, well, you were just a silly old young teenager, Joseph. You go, I don't care how old I am. I know what God has said. So off we go. Faithful and filled with faith in the right direction. See, Joseph never let a scene sum up the entire story. And church, I think too many of us buy into the scene we're in and summarize the story based on it. And this is the power of getting a God dream of a vision from heaven is that it's like, no, this is just the scene, but the story is in God's hand and he's still writing it. We say it all the time, if you're still breathing, God's not done. If you're still breathing, God's not done. The scene might suck, but there is another scene to come and in God's hands, when you're faithful like Joseph, when you continue to move and hold on to the word that God has spoken to you, come on, it's where things start to change where we step into a new scene. One of the greatest gifts that we can do is keep asking God, that we could keep asking God for and should keep asking for is a dream of what we could be in and through Christ Jesus. Come on, just we need to keep asking for it, moving forward, a glimpse of what the rest of the story is that we can move towards. And I pray that as we leave today, that something shifts in our spirit Something changes internally with us that we go out and either grab, keep pursuing and keep, keep petitioning God for a dream or we walk out going, you know what, I've been given one, I just put it away. I pray that when we leave, there's a shift in our spirit that all of a sudden the world and our enemy starts to go, ah, oh, here come the dreamers. Those who are holding on to something bigger than themselves that are changing their today. Oh, can I pray for you, church? Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are the giver of dreams. Lord, not just ones that fill us with fantasy and wishes, Lord, but something that is solid, that it will come to fruition. Lord, that the good work you start within us, that you're faithful to complete it. Lord, and I pray that as we get that picture of what you want to do in us and through us, Lord, the Bible's full of it. We don't even have to seek too hard. Lord, that we can grab hold of it so tightly and with such confidence that it affects who we are today. It changes our actions and the things we sow into today that we might step into the tomorrow you have for us. Lord, help us get that picture. Help us be clear with it for our families, for what we are needed in the kingdom of God, our part to play in your plan for this world. Lord, for this city, for our workplace, for our friends, our family, show us, show us again, Lord. Lord, we'd be known as those who are confident in the revelation from heaven confident in the word of God, confident in the power of God, in your possibilities, not ours. Thank you in Jesus' name. Now in this moment of worship, maybe maybe you've never asked God into your life before. You've never started that relationship with him and maybe you've known plenty about him, you've heard plenty about him, but you don't know him personally yourself. And really this is where everything changes, is when we have that personal relationship with Jesus, we begin that journey with him doesn't matter about knowing just about but actually knowing him personally and I'd love to give you that opportunity because it begins with just simple prayer 
It begins with acknowledgement. It begins with an attitude of, yes, God, come into my life. And so if that's you, I'd love to pray for you and show you a prayer that you can pray to begin that relationship, that journey with God. And for the first time, or maybe feel you need to make this decision again, if that's you, I'd love to, to pray for you. So, well, no one's looking around. Would you just raise your hand in the air as an outward sign of that inward decision saying, God, I want to know you. God, I've heard plenty about you, but I actually want to know you. I want to feel that. I want to know that transformation, that change in my life. Is that you this morning? Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you. Awesome. Oh, this is a big step of faith, that, that outward sign of that inward decision. Fantastic. That's so good, church. Will we celebrate this morning with these people? Oh, this is a fantastic decision. And if you're a believer, could you pray with these people with me as well? That they're not in it by themselves, nor are any of us. We are a family, the body of Christ, and so we're going to pray together. But I want to pray for you as well, and you can, you can pray along with me or, or pray in your own time. But come on, Father, I thank you that you have revealed yourself to your kid, Lord, that they are now your son and daughter, that, and that's something that will never be taken from them. They never earned it. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for them that their past is gone, their sin, shame, guilt, Lord, it's wiped clean. They are a new creation in you, Lord. And I pray that you reveal to them their future in you. Lord, that where they are to go and how they are to move forward, I thank you for that. Lord, I pray that as they continue to move closer to you, you reveal so much more about who they are and who you are, that they find freedom and their purpose in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.au on Facebook or Instagram or head to the highlandschurch.org.au website for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Message Podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.